0: The Orioles were not able to complete the sweep of the Texas Rangers, falling in the series finale 5-2 on Wednesday. But despite the loss, it did kind of feel like a win because we got to watch Grayson Rodriguez pitch in the big leagues for the Baltimore Orioles, and he was pretty good, too. I'll recap Grayson Rodriguez's MLB debut coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are locked on Orioles your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Thursday, April 6th, 2023, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode... I'm gonna recap the Orioles five to two loss to the Texas Rangers on Wednesday afternoon. And yeah, we'll talk about what went wrong for the O's in losing that game and not being able to complete the sweep. But mostly we'll talk about the number one positive thing that came out of that one. Grayson Rodriguez made his big league debut, and he was good. Five strong innings on the mound for him. Break down what was working, what wasn't, and what it'll look like for Rodriguez moving forward, because I do think. He's going to get at least one more start here in April for the O's. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast. Before we get there, just did want to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. We're free and available on all podcast listening platforms. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the Locked on Orioles YouTube channel as well. This week and last week already have been two of the biggest weeks in terms of downloads, views, and listens in the history of the Locked On Orioles podcast. I am entering now my fourth season hosting this podcast, talking about the Orioles. I thank you all so much who have been along for the ride, whether you've been around for four years or you're just finding us here at the beginning of an exciting season. I thank you so much for making Locked On Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. For your first listen today, let's start with an Orioles loss. Rangers 5, Orioles 2. The final score from Arlington on Wednesday afternoon as the Orioles did win the series, but were not able to complete the sweep. And the O's go to 3-3 three and three in their first six games of the year. And I'm going to get you the five things you need to know from the Orioles 5-2 to two loss to the Rangers on Wednesday. And the first thing you need to know, of course, is that Grayson Rodriguez's MLB debut went well. Really, that's all we could have hoped for at this point. Just a kind of a weird start to his 2023 season, but he gets into the big leagues, and it went well. Yeah, the first inning was a little rough, and he walked the leadoff batter, and he gave up a couple of runs... But he settled down, ended up going five innings, allowing two runs on four hits, five strikeouts, and one walk. Rodriguez throwing 83 pitches, only four hard-hit balls against him by a pretty good Rangers lineup in his five innings. And I'll break down his start much, much further later in the pod. But just know it went well, and he certainly earned another crack at it. Second thing you need to know is that on the flip side, Austin Voth, who was probably the other option to start this game, had the Orioles not called up Grayson Rodriguez, well, he was not so good. After Rodriguez finished five innings, Voth entered in a 2-2 game in the bottom of the sixth, And Voth was well-rested. I mean, I talked about it on yesterday's episode. If the Orioles didn't call up Rodriguez, I said that the plan was probably going to be to start Austin Voth. He had only pitched once this year. He threw 22 pitches in relief back on Saturday. So, you know, he had had three full days of rest, plus not really a full throwing day. He could have easily gone four innings if he started this game for the Orioles. And we know he started a lot last season, was built up as a starter for most of spring training. So he was ready to do that. But once they named Rodriguez the starter, we also did know that Austin Voth, probably no question, was going to be the first guy out of the bullpen to try and give them length. He did not give them length. Voth lasted just an inning and a third, allowing three runs on four hits. He did strike out three batters and did not walk anyone. But the major blow of the game ended up being the game-winning hit was the two-run homer he allowed to Josh Young. A ball hit the other way in the bottom of the sixth that gave Texas a 4-2 to lead. Voth's first two appearances of the year have not gone so great. Hopefully he can figure it out at some point because he does not have any options, which means the O's will probably hang around on him a little bit longer than they would with someone else because if they want to get rid of him, they have to DFA him. But let's hope he can kind of turn the quarter in his next couple outings. Third thing you need to know from this one is that, uh, well, Jacob deGrom was the starting pitcher for the Texas Rangers. And as good as Rodriguez could have been... He was never going to be the best pitcher in this game. Because when DeGrom is healthy and he's right, he is the best pitcher in the world. And he showed it on Wednesday. Six innings against the O's. He allowed the two runs, just one earned on only two hits. Struck out 11 and walked two. The O's only had three hard hit balls against DeGrom. One from Mullins, one from Mountcastle, and one from Henderson. And again, they only had the two hits. But the Orioles did get to him in one inning. Now, DeGrom... Was uh, was rolling along four no-hit innings. Texas was up two nothing, but into the top of the fifth, Ryan Mountcastle got a three-one fastball over the middle, drilled it into left center field for a leadoff double, and that started a nice little inning for the O's. Henderson grounded out, Vavra walked to put runners on the corners. Austin Hayes hit a chopper to second that Marcus Semien at the very least should have gotten one out, could have gotten two. Instead, he bobbles it and gets no outs. The first run scores, and then Adam Frazier. Came up with a big hit RBI single later in the inning off DeGrom that tied the game at two. The Orioles did leave a couple runners on base. They could have gotten more in that inning, but that turned out to be their only chance. DeGrom locked back in, put up a zero in the sixth, and then Texas went to the bullpen, and the Orioles did nothing against Will Smith, Jonathan Hernandez, and Jose LeClerc. They only got one base runner out of all those guys. was an eighth inning walk that the Orioles drew against Hernandez. So yeah, the offense really wasn't there, but got to chalk that up to the fact that you're facing one of the best to ever do it in Jacob deGrom. Fourth thing you need to know from this one as we keep it on the offensive side for the Orioles is that quietly with the O's offense playing pretty well. I mean, yeah, it wasn't their day on Wednesday, but generally it's it, it's been the biggest positive of the season so far. Anthony Santander, who you could argue at times last year was the Orioles' best hitter, he has not been that through six games for the O's. Santander with another 0 for 4 on Wednesday, went 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. He's now just hitting 200 on the year with a 539 OPS. Yes, it's six games, and it is a super, super small sample size for Santander. But the Orioles right now are fourth in the league in home runs. They had had five straight multi-homer games to start the season. Santander was their home run leader with 33 of them last year. And he's hitting 200 and still has not left the yard yet this season. So just something to monitor. He's still going to be in there in the lineup every day for the O's. But just something to look at as he is not off to the hottest start. And the fifth and final thing you need to know from this one as we switch it back to the pitching side, it was a good sign for Brian Baker in this game to just get himself his first 1-2-3 inning of the season, first clean appearance of the year. Now, it was... Not at all a high leverage situation. Baker entered in the bottom of the eighth with the Orioles trailing 5-2. His job was just to keep it 5-2 as the O's headed to the ninth inning. But he did just that. A 1-2-3 inning with a strikeout through just 16 pitches. Ball was not hit hard against him. And we know Baker has struggled a little bit. Got hit around badly on opening day. Had another kind of up and down outing against the Red Sox. But he pulled it together in this one and he used his stuff. Now the velo was down, which was a little interesting. But the stuff kind of played up because of that, and he got himself a, a much-needed scoreless inning. The O's, with the Tate and Givens injuries, are kind of counting on Baker to be a high-leverage guy. He hasn't been that so far this season, so hopefully he can become that, and uh, this will be the outing that gets him started back on that path. But at the end of the day, it was a 5-2 to Orioles loss. They dropped back to 500. But as I said already, you know, It was a loss that kind of still felt like a win because we got to see finally Grayson Rodriguez pitch in an Orioles uniform and pitch well in an Orioles uniform. So coming up next, when we come back, I'm going to dive even further into Rodriguez's first major league start, break down the pitches he used, how he attacked hitters, how he got better as the game went on, and what we could expect from Rodriguez the next time out there. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. Same with your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by Built Bar. And yes, we are into April, but the Built March Madness bracket is still here. We know you have a favorite bar or favorite puff. Well, now's the time to make it count. Go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorites. As I've said, you know I'm going to be voting for the peanut butter brownie bar, and you can vote for them too. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Bilt. And not only that, but one Locked On fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. And you got to try Built Bars if you haven't already. They are literally the best-tasting protein bar out there. Still got the good stuff in them, but also the bars covered in 100% real chocolate, all the great flavors, and they really do taste like a candy bar. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. So the Orioles fell to the Rangers 5-2 on Wednesday, dropping the final game of the series, not able to pick up the sweep in Texas and ending an eight-game winning streak that the O's had over the Rangers. However, it's not like it was a super negative day despite the loss because... The Orioles called up Grayson Rodriguez before this game, gave him his major league debut with a lot of family in the stands. Rodriguez is from Nacogdoches, Texas, about three hours away from Arlington, had a lot of family and friends there to watch him pitch, and he pitched well and wanted to take a a further look into Grayson Rodriguez's first start. Now, if we're being completely honest, the first inning was a little rough. He goes out there. I'm sure the jitters were there. The nerves were there. And he walks Marcus Semien on a 3-2 fastball that he just lost way up high to start the game. Not good. The O's offense had gone down 1-2-3 in the top of the first against DeGrom. Pressure's on Rodriguez. He walks Marcus Semien. Now he gets Corey Seager and Nathaniel Lowe each to ground out and gets himself to two outs and feeling a little better. But then he gets a wild pitch. He's 2-2 two and two on Adolis Garcia. One pitch away from... Putting up a zero in the first inning. But Garcia laces one into right field for an RBI double. And then Josh Young hooks one into left field for an RBI single. And all of a sudden, it's 2-0. Robbie Grossman hits a ball hard. Luckily, right to Adam Frazier for a ground out to end the inning. But it was 30 pitches, two runs with a walk for Rodriguez in that first inning. And he got out of the first inning. And it was only two runs. But you started to be a little worried when you saw that. But he did turn things around comes back out there in the second, facing 7-8-9 in the order, retires them in order, including getting his first strikeout, getting Ezekiel Duran to swing and miss on a good slider to end the second. And you could just feel in that second inning something switch, something turn. The nerves left the body a little bit for Grayson Rodriguez because that second inning started a stretch of four consecutive scoreless innings to end his first career start. And while the first inning was rough, and you know if you watch that first inning – He was really struggling. I mean, the fastball velocity was there. It was 96-98. It really sat 96-98 throughout the entirety of the start. But if you look in that first inning, he really only had command of that fastball. And that was the worry. That was what Mike Elias talked about when he sent Rodriguez down to AAA last week and decided that he wasn't going to make the opening day roster. That's what the worry has been from fans, from people around the team. That's what the worry was after he walked some guys in his AAA season debut – back on Friday night, that just the command of the off-speed pitches wasn't there. And it certainly was not in that first inning. He was, you know, hooking sliders, changeups or floating in the middle of the plate, or ending up in the dirt. He really only had command of the four-seam fastball. But as the innings went on, you know, he dropped a couple of off-speeds in there first strike in the second, and then more in the third, more in the fourth, and just got better and better as the game went on. It was really fun to see, and it was awesome to see his day-end With a strikeout, got a swing and a miss on a high fastball at 97 to get a strikeout to end the fifth. And he knew that ended his day. He was at 83 pitches, and I talked about it yesterday. The Orioles weren't going to let him go much over 80 pitches and definitely weren't going to let him go past five innings in this first start. So I would say he kind of reached the limits of where he could have gotten. He got over the hump of a bad inning and threw four really good innings against a good Rangers lineup that scored a lot of runs this season before this Baltimore series. It was 14 whiffs for Rodriguez on 44 swings. The four-seam fastball was the big swing and miss pitch. A lot of that was because it was the only pitch for a little while he had command of, but he got eight whiffs on that pitch. He threw it a lot. 41 of his 83 pitches were the four-seamer, just about 50%. And then it was 19 sliders, 14 change-ups, five curveballs, and four cutters for Rodriguez. So he did throw all five of his pitches, which was good to see. You know, wasn't shying away from any of them. And he did get four whiffs on the slider, one on the change and one on the curve, which means each of them were effective at some point. I would say the slider was probably the best off-speed pitch for him on the day. Got a couple of strikeouts on that thing. It really wasn't in the zone, Very much, you know, he had 19 of those sliders that he threw and only four of them ended up in the strike zone. So that's a little concerning. He did get some chases on them, but he wasn't able to kind of drop it in for a strike. Everything else he was able to throw over the plate eventually I will say the changeup struggled. There was a time for Rodriguez where the changeup was his number one off-speed pitch and it still could be considered that when it's at its best. But I would say even though he threw 14 changeups, it was his third most used pitch. It was probably the one that struggled the most. You know, he only had one whiff on that pitch, didn't get any called strikes. That ball was put in play a lot, that changeup. 5 14 balls were put in play against Rodriguez. 5 were on the changeup. That was the most of any pitch. It was just kind of floating over the middle of the plate. It didn't have the same bite to it as it usually has. He kept going to it, trying to get the feel for it. Couldn't really get it, but he did drop in a couple of good curveballs and a couple of good sliders to help him out that he didn't have the changeup. And I will say, despite all that, he had a really, really good fastball in this game. Again, eight whiffs, threw it 50% of the time. He was sitting 97 up to 98 throughout the game. That was a really, really good sign for Grayson Rodriguez with that fastball, that that even though all the off-speeds weren't working, he had that fastball there. He could go to all five pitches, but knowing he could throw an overpowering fastball with good spin, throw it up in the zone, and and get guys out with it, and that was huge for him to have that pitch to go to all day, and the off-speeds are going to get better as he gets more comfortable, but that was kind of the last thing I wanted to talk about. I mean, we can break down the data and how he was attacking guys and he was really attacking with the fastball mostly just because he had the best feel for that pitch. But in terms of the mound presence, in terms of the confidence, yeah, there were a few nerves that he had to shake off in that two run first inning. But after that, he looked like he had the nerves to steal out there on the mound. And that's what Grayson Rodriguez usually looks like. If we, as you know, we've watched him pitch throughout the Orioles minor league system, but with a lot of family and friends, there, facing a good lineup, major league debut Didn't know for very long it was going to happen. Kind of a late decision because of the Kyle Bradish injury this week. And he was not phased at all. You know, He was fired up, screaming into his glove after he got the strikeout to end the fifth inning, his final pitch of the day. That was awesome to see. His family was fired up. There was an awesome video after the game. Go check it out on the Orioles and the Mass and Orioles socials of him seeing his dad after the game and they embraced and it was emotional and it was just a really, really cool moment for Grayson Rodriguez and, and he's a bulldog out there. We know he is and that is what he showed and that's why it was so exciting to see him out there. Whether or not he got shelled or he looked like an ace it was going to be cool to see him out there but it even takes it to a next level that listen he pitched well he's going to pitch better in his big league career he's going to pitch worse in his big league career but he pitched well in his MLB debut and that was just awesome to see for Grayson Rodriguez but now he's made his first start Kyle Bradish is on the injured list as we'll talk about and the question becomes what's next how many more starts does Rodriguez get can he stick in the rotation long term? What does the rotation look like in general? And how do the O's play this when everybody's healthy? I'll try to answer all those questions coming up next to finish off the pod. But first, this episode is also brought to you by So Rare. So Rare is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners. With officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. And unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards and there is no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. And there's also MLB game weeks that happen twice weekly, span a three- or four-day cycle. And at the end of the game weeks, the so Rare MLB managers who rank at the top of the leaderboards can win a variety of rewards that include so rare scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, VIP experiences, like meeting MLB stars. So head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E dot com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's so SoRare.com slash on to start playing today. So it was just, it was very, very cool to see Grayson Rodriguez make his Major League debut and pitch well back in his home state of Texas on Wednesday afternoon. But now... We move forward for the Orioles and for Rodriguez. And the first thing with moving forward is, well, there's not going to be an Orioles game today. The home opener has already been postponed. The Orioles announced really on Wednesday afternoon, they did a nice job of announcing this early, that because of weather that looks like will be in the area on Thursday afternoon and evening in Baltimore. The Orioles have postponed their home opener. It will now be played on Friday. That's tomorrow, April 7th, at 3.05 p.m. Eastern time. Again, all those tickets uh, will transfer over to the Friday game. But, uh, yeah, no Orioles baseball coming up today because of the rain. So that shouldn't have a huge effect on the pitching rotation. Dean Kramer was going to pitch Thursday, have you know everybody the day off Friday. Now Kramer will still pitch Friday instead, and it was going to be Cole Irvin either way on Saturday. But the question is, how does it all impact where Grayson Rodriguez fits in moving forward? Because as the Orioles called up Rodriguez before Wednesday's game, they had to make a roster move, and that move was putting Kyle Bradish. on on the 15-day injured list. Brandon Hyde has said that Bradish's foot is still sore after he took a 104-mile-per-hour line drive off his right foot in the second inning of Monday night's start, had to leave the game, and is put on the injured list. The good news on Bradish, though, is that Hyde said it's not going to be long, and he expects him to be ready to go basically the day he comes off the injured list. So the IL stint was retroactive to Tuesday, which means it looks like Bradish will be able to come off the IL on April 19th, That's game two of a two-game series in D.C. against the Nationals. And the way Brandon Hyde was talking on Wednesday, it seems like Braddish will most likely start that game on the 19th, the day he comes off the injured list. It's not going to be anything long-term, which is really good news for the Orioles and for Kyle Braddish. But you still have to figure out what you're going to do between now and April 19th. And really, you also have to figure out what you're going to do after that. Now, something I did learn on Wednesday is that there is a new rule in the new CBA that went into effect last season that actually impacts what the Orioles can do with their roster right now. The O's actually were not going to be able to call up Grayson Rodriguez to make Wednesday start if he did not replace an injured player. So if Kyle Bradish had not been put on the injured list on Wednesday, the O's would have had to go with Austin Voth or someone else on the team. A new CBA rule is that you cannot demote and promote a player, make a roster move, in the first two weeks of the season unless there is an injury that causes a guy to go on the IL. Now, the reason that rule was put into the new CBA was to stop so much optioning of so many players. They put in the limit last year, you can only be optioned five times in a season. This rule the first two weeks is also a part of that. So the Orioles could not option a player who was not injured until April 14th. With it being April 5th, they couldn't do it yet. So it had to be a bradish injury and an IL stint to get Rodriguez on the roster. What that also means is the Orioles weren't able to just demote Rodriguez right back to AAA after the game and pull up another bullpen arm to have until they needed another starter. They couldn't do that either because Rodriguez pitched five healthy innings and looks ready to continue In the rotation. So what that rule and how Rodriguez pitched today tells me he's making at least one and probably at least two more starts in this Orioles rotation because this is how it's going to line up from now. So Dean Kramer will still start the home opener that's now on Friday instead of on Thursday, and then after that you'll get Cole Irvin will go on Saturday. And although the Orioles haven't announced it, most likely Tyler Wells will now go on Sunday to make his first start of the season after pitching five innings in relief. On Monday, Then you go Kyle Gibson on Monday against Oakland, which would put Grayson Rodriguez in turn to start Tuesday against the Athletics. Now the Orioles could still mess with this a little bit and and switch guys around depending on rest and how much rest they want to give Grayson because you know they're going to be very careful with him now that they've kind of put themselves in the spot now where they have to have him in the big leagues for a little bit. So you would think Rodriguez on Tuesday against Oakland, and then Dean Kramer again next Wednesday against the A's. And then next Thursday, you would most likely see Cole Irvin pitch in that game. Then you go to April 14th, the Friday would be Tyler Wells. April 15th, the Saturday would be Kyle Gibson. Sunday, the 16th would be Rodriguez again. The Orioles have an off day on Monday, the 17th. Then you go to Dean Kramer on Tuesday, the 18th, and then Wednesday, the 19th is the day Braddish is eligible to come off the injured list, and most likely he would pitch in that game. Then the O's would have an off day actually on Thursday the 20th as well. So after that, they could really set up the rotation pretty easily with the off day Monday, the off day Thursday, and Braddish returning on Wednesday. They'll have a lot of decisions to make when it gets to Braddish coming back on April 19th. And if there's other injuries in the pitching staff, which certainly could happen, that'll make the decision a little bit easier. But it'll be interesting to see because, as I said on Wednesday's episode, even with calling up Rodriguez, the Orioles, if they send him down to, back down to AAA in time, could still manipulate that service time a little bit and still get that extra year of team control if they work it the way they want to. It's a little less likely they do that now because they've had to call him up, but they can still do it. There's nothing stopping them from sending him right back down when Kyle Bradish comes back from the injured list. So it's going to be really interesting, and the Orioles could move things around. Now they could, you know, piggyback both with Rodriguez the next time around, set it up a little better, so they can really control Rodriguez's innings here in the big leagues. And I certainly see them doing that. But it's almost, you know, it's it's not good that Braddish got injured. Kyle Braddish, I think, is going to have an amazing breakout season. But I'm not mad that the Orioles were somewhat, at least they felt like, forced into calling up Grayson Rodriguez. And then Rodriguez showing them in his five strong innings Wednesday that he's ready to go and be a big league starting pitcher. Like we thought, despite some struggles in spring training. So I'm really intrigued with how the Orioles do this. What they do with Rodriguez until Bradish comes back. And then what they do with him when he does come back in two weeks here. It's going to be really, really interesting to follow. But I think at the very least, in five or six days, we should see Grayson Rodriguez start on a big league mound again. And if you're looking at, uh, you know, when do I potentially maybe buy some tickets to, you know, see Grayson Rodriguez, my guess would be Tuesday at home against the Athletics could be that next time you see him on the mound. It could be the first time you see him pitch at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. But of course, there won't be a game today at Oriole Park at Camden Yards with the home opener being postponed to tomorrow. So while my Friday episode would have initially been a recap of the home opener, instead we're going to preview the Orioles' minor league season because today is minor league opening day. Now the AAA season started last week, but every other full season level starts play today. So we'll talk about the players to watch in Norfolk in Bowie, in Aberdeen, and in Del Marva, why you want to watch some of those teams, which guys could bounce up the Orioles system, some sleeper guys to watch as well. And we'll talk about the players that the Orioles released from their minor league system early last week. But that's all coming up on tomorrow's episode. Until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.